Joe Biden and his team continue to show just how out of touch they are regarding problems facing everyday Americans. A new study shows woke corporate executives on a completely different page than consumers. Plus, Dr. Anthony Fauci backtracks on vaccinations and testing for all travelers. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden and the rising gas prices that are plaguing his administration, which are making people remember when America was energy independent, when gas prices were low, and when we had policies that put America first. Now, not only has Joe Biden hurt American national security interests by making us, once again, dependent on foreign energy, but rising prices have hurt the power and freedom of American families. And it's not only gas prices. Inflation is at a point not seen in decades. Prices are going up on everything, and the Democrats and those in the media have been trying to cover for Biden by ridiculous tone-deaf comments that paint Biden's team as the let-them-eat-cake administration. They have no clue about the problems facing everyday Americans. Over Thanksgiving, not only did the administration try to downplay rising prices, but Joe Biden spent the Thanksgiving holiday at a billionaire's house. Here's Jen Psaki. What message does it send to the middle-class Americans President Biden says that he's trying to help who are struggling this week to cover the cost of the most expensive Thanksgiving ever that the president is going to take a few days off at a billionaire's compound in Nantucket? Any increase in prices is something the president is concerned about. But I just want to be clear that there are abundance of turkeys available. They're about $1 more for a 20-pound bird. Of course, Saki failed to mention the rising cost of everything associated with a Thanksgiving meal, and she didn't address the optics of Biden hanging out with billionaires while the American public is struggling. The media came to the aid of the Biden administration as well, not analyzing the rising price of Thanksgiving meal, but instead... One NBC host said, just skip the turkey. Perhaps forego the turkey. I know that is the staple of the Thanksgiving meal. It tends to be the most expensive thing on the table. It's just ridiculous. And of course, when it comes to rising gas prices, Biden's transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, remember him? He's the one who said he was qualified for the job because he's always liked planes and trains. Well, Buttigieg then claimed the let them eat cake prize by saying that the way for poor people to have relief from high gas prices was to just go out and buy an electric car. Uh, families that once they own that electric vehicle will never have to worry about gas prices again. The people who stand to benefit most from owning an EV are often rural residents uh, who have the longest distances to drive. They, they burn the most gas and underserved urban residents in areas where uh, there uh, are high gas prices and their lower incomes. So poor Americans won't have to pay high gas prices again. And yet, as Money Magazine pointed out in April, the average cost of an electric vehicle is $51,000. That's more than $11,000 higher than a full-size gas-powered car and nearly $30,000 more than the average compact car. But hey, Buttigieg says you can save $800 a year on the gas. And with all of that being said, the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee the DCCC put out a tweet yesterday 
that really seems to show that the Biden, Buttigieg, and Democrats and media are playing some kind of game of hold my beer when it comes to seeing which person or group is the most out of touch. The DCCC tweeted this. Thanks, Joe Biden. Along with a graph that shows that over the last two weeks, gas prices moved from $3.40 to $3.38. Two cents. We are supposed to give thanks to Biden for two cents, yet gas prices have gone up well over a dollar per gallon under the Biden presidency. As you can imagine, the tweet was slammed on social media with even the Washington Post chiming in. The Post political division tweeted this. This might be the worst defense of the Biden administration yet. That's for sure. The editor at the Washington Free Beacon tweeted out a graph that was included in the Washington Post story. Props to Washington Post. This is a pretty good graph to represent how terrible the DCCC graph is. And you can see gas prices under Joe Biden and the small little portion used by the DCCC. That's the Democrats. Biden and company actually want Americans to be thankful for the conditions under Joe Biden. They believe that they are entitled to rule and anything they do is okay. Complaints or criticisms simply mean that you are too dumb to understand what the Democrats are doing. Hillary Clinton basically said that the other day, and it just shows that the Democrats are out of touch with real Americans. All right, next, let's talk about what Americans think regarding woke corporations. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, let's talk about woke corporations, because as you may know, corporate boards seem to think that appeasing the radical left is a better policy than simply serving their customers at large. Remember Gillette's toxic masculinity ad campaign? That was terrible, distracting, and had nothing to do with shaving products. But we see more and more companies jumping on the woke bandwagon, and they are leaving regular Americans like you and me behind. Here's the story. A broad bipartisan majority of voters say corporate executives should spend less time virtue signaling on social issues and more on developing and selling their products, according to research from a strategic data analysis firm. The Brunswick Group study, titled The Talking Trap, shows that most Democrats and Republicans are put off by woke messaging from C-suite offices. Conversely, business executives say their social messaging is important and successful indicating a sharp divide between business elites and consumers, according to the study, which involved voters and chief executives. It's interesting to note that in this survey, the aversion and disdain for wokeness crosses party lines. It's only those on the radical left who are driving these issues. And yet, it's people on the left who either have control of the corporate boards in media, entertainment, and retail, or the corporate boards are just too spineless to stand up to the woke mob. Here's more. By a margin of two to one, corporate executives are out of step with broader public sentiment related to engagement on social issues, the study said. Of corporate executives surveyed, 63% agreed unequivocally that they should speak out on social issues. Only 36% of voters held the same view. The divide is equally pronounced when it comes to the perceived effectiveness of woke corporate campaigns, according to the study. On that point, three-quarters of executives, compared with 39% of voters, said the campaigns are effective. Corporate executives have vastly overestimated 
how much people want to hear companies discuss social issues, the study states, more often than not. And more often than ever, companies are talking, but who is really listening? And do they even agree with what they say? The study is fascinating, but corporate executives don't seem to care about what their real audience, the consumers, think. The goal of some of these corporate boards is to see how high they can rank on the ESG scale. That's environmental, social, and corporate governance. The more they virtue signal, the more left-wing groups might want to invest in those companies. And these social actions often have consequences that hurt their consumer base. Both Delta and Coca-Cola thought it was a good idea to protest voter ID legislation. Those protests helped drive the baseball all-star game out of Atlanta, which hurt the economy. The protests did not accomplish a thing except make the corporate executives feel better about themselves. That's not good business, and it's not good for the country. All right, next let's talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci, because every time there is a new COVID variant, Fauci is back in the news. He makes his living off of COVID variants. If COVID stops, it's bye-bye Fauci. He knows this. He knows that the only way to stay relevant in the Biden administration is to be the chief fear-monger for COVID. Of course, in the process of fear-mongering, Fauci has no problem not following the science. In fact, he has no problem throwing science right out the window if it means the politics of the left can continue unchecked. Regarding the Omicron variant, Fauci recently said that the way to fight it, vaccination, vaccination, and more vaccination, that's the way to go. Here's Fauci. And as you know, we know, I've been saying it, and my colleagues on the medical team and others have been saying it, we know what we need to do to protect people, get vaccinated. If you're not already vaccinated, get boosted. If you've been vaccinated for more than six months with an mRNA or two months with J&J, &J, and all the other things we've been talking about, about getting your children vaccinated, masking in indoor congregate settings, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Never mentions natural immunity and doesn't follow the science. It's all about prolonging masking, promoting vaccinations, and interfering with people's lives. Peter Ducey asked about other restrictions during a White House press briefing, and here's that exchange. As you advise the president about the possibility of new testing requirements for people coming into this country, does that include everybody? The answer is yes, because you know that the new, uh, uh, the new uh, uh, regulation, if you want to call it that, is that anybody and everybody who's coming into the country needs to get a test within 24 hours of getting on the plane to come here. And that's just the testing. The Biden administration also requires travelers into the U.S. to be fully vaccinated and to provide proof of vaccination status for all those coming to the U.S. Well, all those coming to the U.S. through legal forms of entry. What about people who don't take a plane and just these border crossers coming in in huge numbers? Yeah, no, but that's a different issue. I see. That's a different issue. Millions crossing into the U.S. at the southern border, not vaccinated, many not tested, and just shipped out around the country. Right there shows that Fauci, Biden, and all the rest have no concern about being consistent, logical, and following the science. COVID has a 99% survival rate, and they are pushing mandatory universal vaccinations. What happened to natural immunity? What happened to herd immunity? What happened to this being the freest country in the world? Lots of questions and no answers coming from Biden, Saki, and Fauci. Okay. So we've had Joe Biden, woke corporate executives, and Anthony Fauci. 
we need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. All right, first there's Columbia University, which is encouraging students to report on fellow students who misgender or refuse to use fringe pronouns when referring to others. For example, if someone refers to himself as a they and you say he, you could be the one in trouble. Normalizing pronoun sharing helps create a safer space for people of all genders and gender expressions. So, in introductions, share your own pronouns first, the Columbia video explains. Use pronouns with your name in meetings and on name tags and add your pronouns in this video to your email signatures, in your bio, and in chat. Together, we can create a more inclusive Columbia community for all of those around us. A Columbia University student told Campus Reform that he thinks the video is delusional. People, liberal or not, won't introduce themselves with their pronouns in conversations because for almost everyone, it's obvious, the student told Campus Reform. And in my time here, no one has introduced themselves in a conversation with their pronouns. This kind of falls into the woke executive category of administrators pushing something that hardly applies to anyone in order to push the left-wing agenda but it's even worse on college campuses than in boardrooms. And you have to watch out anytime a statement talks about safety or having a safer environment. People might not like what you say. People may disagree with what you say. People might even get angry with what you say. But just because you say something unapproved by the left doesn't make a person unsafe. That is just a tactic to shut down free speech. All right. Next, there's Alec Baldwin, who sat down with ABC's George Stephanopoulos to spin his side of a story on how a gun he was holding, a gun he pointed at someone, somehow fired on its own. That's what he's saying. He's saying that while holding the gun, it just fired by itself. It's not his fault. By the way, the interview started with Stephanopoulos repeating the same stupid claim that this was a prop gun. I have no idea why people in the media keep saying that. This was a real gun that fired a real bullet. But somehow, Alec Baldwin is not responsible at all. Basically, you can call this the CYA interview. And then there's breaking news headlines from the Babylon Bee. First, since CNN has no journalistic standards, they've announced a new replacement. CNN welcomes Andrew Cuomo as a replacement for Chris Cuomo. I actually wouldn't be surprised. They brought Jeffrey Tubin back following his on-camera Zoom incident. So don't be surprised if we see Andrew or Fredo on CNN. And then it appears that the Biden economy has unintended consequences for the woke radical left. Laid off journalists trying to learn code, horrified to discover the code is binary. What? No pronouns? No 50 genders? Just binary? That one cracks me up. And I guess it shows that I'm definitely ready for the weekend. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Monday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.